You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey guys, Malia here, your host as usual, and I am joined by Pastor Matt, who's making fun of me already. This is going to be great. We're off to a great start. Hey guys. (laughs) And Pastor David is here today. Hi. And so is Shada. Hello. Kind of nice to have everyone back around the table here. Um, so today we're going to be, now that we've got a week under our belts with our new sermon series that we're kind of doing this, um, kind of a flyover through the story of scripture, um, we are going to be talking about how we know the Bible is true and we can trust it. And then we'll be answering a couple questions we've received from people after our first Sunday in. Um, but before we get started, you guys, it's been, um, how long? Two months since we've podcasted that we took a short break, kind of a summer break, I guess you could say. I don't know. I feel like we had uh, Tracy and Maria not that long. Maybe it's ago. only been a month. It yeah. feels like longer because let's be honest. Like the time right now is feels like a long time. It's not going fast. <laughs> so are you saying things are dragging? For yes. You? Oh. Yes. A little bit. Huh. Well, Scott and I were trying to decide um, when our last trip to Galena was. And we couldn't remember if it was this last fall or if it was two years ago because last fall, and it was actually last fall we decided, um, but it feels like, you know, like 390 yeah. years ago <laughs> at this point, so. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't go anywhere, so it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, you, you do. You went somewhere. Well. You, where you just went to, yeah, but where'd you go? We, Amy and I were talking. We were actually going to Cedar Rapids, and it dawned on me. It's like I have not been in Cedar Rapids for like two weeks or something like that. Like I never leave. I never go anywhere. So, yeah. yeah, you guys always go in December, right? You have like a little family vacation thing. So at least you know you have that like like clock. Well, it seems like is it not every year? No. Has it been the last few? We went last year, and then a few years ago. Oh, well then never mind. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking there seemed to be that rhythm for you guys that at least then. But you and Amy probably don't get away without kids. Not very often. Hardly no. ever, yeah. No. no. Last night we did. I mean, we, we like, dumped them at the grandparents. And I look, I, we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which Mexican place? We did go. Uh, the, what is it? It's on Edgewood. What's the Edgewood one? The Edgewood one? Uh, yeah. The Carlos? one? The no. Face. The one that has the oh, face, yeah. like the. Yeah. The face. The El, Day of the Dead yeah. skeleton face. Oh, I don't know what El, that is. El Catina, La Catina. Yeah, yeah. The, like the that. place that'll make the guacamole right at your table. Oh. We don't eat that. No, that's fine, but they will make that it right at your amazing. table. That sounds amazing. I don't like guacamole, but Carrie loves it, and Love so it. we've had that. So good. Um, so, yeah. Huh. But who would have guessed that you guys would have gone for Mexican? That's shocking. It was either that or, <laughs> was either that or Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> well, we had that for my birthday, so I was due. You were due Mexican. Oh, okay. I was due Mexican. Yeah, I get that. Oh, man. How are things, Shauna? They're good. Really good. We um, got, I don't know why you guys are laughing at me. Um, we were able to um, get some children's ministry stuff going this week, so that was exciting with our, our high schoolers and 
um, big week next week. Yeah, yeah. Midweek kicks off, and middle school is back officially. So yeah, nice. it's exciting. It's yeah. good. But I agree. It has felt like um, this last year has been a couple years rolled Thank into you. one. Okay, I, I'm with you. Like I, Matt's I over here looking at me like I'm crazy. Ninety years but. might be an exaggeration, <laughs> but like a couple years. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about with yeah. exaggerating. I don't do that. <laughs> what? Ever. No, <laughs> no I, I hear it, it has. Like, you go back to March since the original shutdown. Mm-hmm. And that actually seemed to go pretty quick for me, kind of as I, as I look back at that. It's been the since we've been back in person. Yeah. Um, you know, summer is always slow for me because mm-hmm. it, it just things slow right. down during the summer. Yep. That combined with the extra slowness of the shutdown and some things. Yeah, yeah. The, the summer did drag. But I, I anticipate mm-hmm. that now that we're back in school's in, we're in full swing, mm-hmm. that this will be a fast and furious mm-hmm. yeah. last three, four months of yeah. the year. Right. I feel yep. like now that we're starting to put some events on the calendar again, church wise Mm -hmm. um i feel like you have a little extra pep in your step like i do yeah yeah i i mean most people probably don't know that maybe it's more obvious than i think but i know you (laughs) i know you guys are aware of this summer is always really it is my it is like the the worst season for me of church life just getting through summer because everything just gets put on pause mm-hmm. um, and and for whatever reason like I'm that's that's just not the way my personality works and so this summer was especially difficult although I thought I was hiding it pretty well um, <laughs> but apparently not so much um, but yeah I am like getting into the new fall series getting the yeah. children's mm-hmm. stuff back and, and yeah that that helps yeah um, but yeah usually between faith and action and the beginning of the school year I am kind of in this huh yeah What's mm-hmm. next? What are we doing? Yep. Like, yeah. So. Hmm. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Matt, how do we well, how do we know <laughs> that the Bible is true? Well, that's a great question, Malia. <laughs> what do you think? I'm asking you. Oh, okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of ways that we can know that the Bible is true and accurate and right, but I feel like it's one of the questions and the attacks that I hear more often than not. And so it seems like an important thing for us to talk about as we get into this, you know, 15, 16 week long series looking at what's going on in scripture and what's God is the author of this wanting us to to understand about him and the way he creates and loves and cares and pursues and all of these things. Uh, it's important for us to know as we get in, like, it, why do we know that it's real? Why, why do we, do we trust it? Why do we treat it with such reverence or why should we treat it with such reverence? And, um, you know, part of the problem is that what we know about scripture are easy defenses for why the Bible is to be trusted is because of what the Bible says about itself and nowhere else does that hold up in a court of law, right? Right. Like, like, you know, I I wouldn't be (laughs) drug into court, you know, and and, and accused of something and, and get on the stand and say, listen, I didn't do it. And they'd say, Oh, well that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, Show so your work. yeah, second Timothy three sixteen. you know, the, the, the Bible is, is breathed by God. Right. And, and it's, it's effective and, and useful for teaching and encouraging and it's inspired by God. And, and, and so we know that's true. And we point to those scriptures to say, look, the Bible is God's word, you know, but, but people have the question like, okay, yeah, the Bible says so, but guess what? So does yeah. the Quran. You know, so do the other holy texts. So does the, you know, the 
the watchtower resources that you know other churches put out or um you know the book of mormon like all of these things right. will claim to be the word of god and so how do we know ours is real and i think there's two questions there you know one is how do we know it's inspired by god you know and then the other one i hear a lot is how do we know that what we have in front of us is actually what they were even if it was inspired mm -hmm. by god how do we know that what we have is what they what had they, yeah. mm, so yeah. i think those are the big i don't know you guys hear those yeah. oh yeah you from from kids a, a lot time. i bet yes. Yes, Malia's yelling at me again. Yes, at youth group all the time. That's why we, we were laughing we hear, you earlier, because Malia was pointing for oh, you to get in front of the microphone. Like, Sorry, yes. it's all fancy in here. Um, <laughs> yes, anyways, they do. that. Those two things are brought up monthly, if not weekly. Yeah. They're like, how do we know that this is true? And yeah, it's and, um, and how do we know it didn't get translated mm -hmm. from the original? So yeah. You, you've heard that old <laughs> terrible joke, right? I mean, it's a terrible joke, um, but it's really funny. Um, about the the monk, you know, the Catholic monk that's that's translating um, from like original. Um, I don't Greek. think I've heard this joke. Oh, translating yeah. from from <laughs> Greek to English. He's getting a scowl, like you. Oh, yes, you guys, you, you heard it. Listen, you know, you have. <laughs> he's translating from Greek to English, and and all of a sudden he gets this incredulous look on his face, and he slams his hand on the table, and he's so upset, and he says, "Celebrate! The word was celebrate instead of celibate." That was a terrible joke. Trans I told you it was a terrible <laughs> joke. I mean, a little funny, but yeah. <laughs> Not funny enough to get David to no, laugh. But. David, David is pained right now. It takes a lot to make David laugh. I'm just thankful we don't video this. <laughs> <laughs> and you see facial expressions. And... So, so Shauna, how do, you answer, how do you answer the kids when they ask that question? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I think a lot of it becomes... This is where we go back to faith, and I know that that's a hard, that's a hard thing to, um, especially for new kids who are just learning about stuff or new believers. But to have to say, like, part of it is just we either are going to believe and have faith that this is this is true, or you're not. And so um, we do the wind analogy a lot, where like you can't see wind, but you you feel it, and you can see the trees moving, and you can see the, and so like that's where we kind of land on the faith thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess for me, that's just kind of what it is. I mean, we either, we, I'm either going to choose to believe this and then be all in, or I would believe none of it. And so, you know, it does, it does strike me as odd. Some denominations, individuals, um, pastors, even, um, that, that will, that will say that the Bible is not the authoritative inerrant word of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah but we'll then preach from it every right. Sunday yeah. because if it's not yeah. the inerrant authoritative word of God, then mm -hmm. why do I care? Then, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Right. Why, yeah. why do I, why do I want to mm -hmm. know or trust any of it? Right. If it's not all what all, it says yeah. it is. Exactly. Cause then yeah. it's just a lie. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I mean, that's, which, and I think that's hard cause there's certain things that convict you in the Bible more than others. And so it's like you, that salad bar where we don't just get to pick and choose what we like and what feels good. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm like, we either stand by the, the whole thing or, none so yeah I, I think one of the things that we can know about the bible is that it is unequaled in a couple of things the reasons that, that we can trust it and not just because it says so mm -hmm. um but i think the fact that there are things that show us truth in the bible um lends credence to the fact that we can believe what it says and then when it says trust me right we can say we can, okay yeah. yeah but but the bible is unequaled 
in prophecy. The Bible, compared to any other religious text, to any other religious text, the Bible is unequaled in what it professes will happen in the future. Right, yeah. Um, and you won't find any other religious text that does that, I think, at all, much less with the frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, most religious texts will tell you what happened before, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, well, this is how the world started. Well, mm-hmm. because nobody has a time machine to go back and check their, their work. Right, yeah. <laughs> and most will tell you this is what will happen at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Because, well, it's the very, yeah. very end. Um, and, and, and the Bible middle, does both yeah. of those. But, right. but no other religious text is going to tell you, hey, at some point in human history, this will happen. Mm-hmm. Predicting these things will happen. Um, demonstrating, yeah. like, like, these clear prophecies. Um, and so the Bible does that a lot. Right. I mean, a lot. It prophecies what's going to happen. And here's the thing. It's never been wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not like these so vague prophecies that you don't like, you know, you, you read your horoscope, right. which don't read your horoscope. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but, but if you read your horoscope, you, you, you can, right, you can make, make that true fit. for yeah. you, right? Yeah. right. You yeah. can make it yeah. work for you because they're so vague. Or you go see a fortune teller and, you know, and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, don't do that either. Hey, there's a person <laughs> that you know. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, I do know a person, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> right. Like they're they're so vague, but but Bible prophecy is so specific, and it has shown up time and time again to be accurate. And not once Mm -hmm. have we seen something the Bible predicted that we could point to and say, "Nope, that didn't work. That didn't happen." Mm -hmm. So so the fact that it's unequaled in prophecy and those prophecies hold true, Mm -hmm. I think is is one of the reasons that we can we can say, "Oh yeah, the Bible is is trustworthy and we we can believe it," because not only does it go out on a limb to make predictions and who could do that besides God. Mm-hmm. Right. But the predictions come true and who can know the future right. except God. So I don't know. David, what do you think? I got to get the microphone. So yeah. give me a second. <laughs> um, I don't know. As, as I'm just listening to you guys talk, I mean, the thought that's going through my mind is uh, one of the reasons, I mean, I, I think as Christians, what I see a lot of times is people, we like to throw the Bible at people or we like to throw scripture at people, um, which I think there's it's the word of God. There's power in the word of God. But I think what we've we've lost is um, it's not just about us as Christians throwing scripture at people. It's us actually using our testimony to show the power of scripture. And so what I mean by that is I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend and we were talking about the Bible and one of the things you know we were talking about because that was kind of their question also is like, you know, what do we how do we trust it? And, you know, and I was explaining some of the reasons that, you know, I look at it beyond just being written by man, you know, one small, small thing I said, you know, if you were writing a story about yourself, would you make yourself look like an idiot? And, and they're like, well, no, if I was about me, I'd make myself like the greatest person possible. I said, well, if you look at the apostles, you know, they made themselves kind of look like idiots. You know, there's a lot of stuff in here that I wouldn't include. There's a lot of idiots in the Bible. You know, (laughs) um, but one of the things that really, nailed down the conversation was, you know, I could sit here and quote, you know, hey, this is what the Bible says, quote it. I think there's more power when we say, let me explain to you why my life has been transformed by the truth of this scripture. You know, we just kind of throw it at people. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think most people even know how to do that. They don't know how to articulate a testimony of, well, this is why this, these passages are significant. Mm-hmm. This is how they've shaped me. This is how they've impacted my life or changed my life. Instead, we just kind of throw them at people and, and just expect them mm-hmm. to stick. And I think that's why we're 
using testimonies of you know people in our church family throughout this series because they're so powerful and I think they kind of have a reflective nature where someone could see that uh, change in someone like real life change and look at their own life and think gosh mm-hmm. Maybe I haven't had that, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. the the um, truth of the gospel hasn't really fully captured my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of use, I mean, Scripture also, I mean, one of the passages a lot of people will say is, you know, when God says, my, my word will not return to me void. So I think that's why a lot of people use that as, like, I'm going to fling Scripture at people, right? You know, I'm just going to fling Scripture, you know. Um, right. But but my attitude with that is, you know, God's word is actually bestowed upon his people. It's like my people, when, yeah. when they go do what they're supposed to do, won't return to me void. You know, it's that's why you have things like Scripture that talks about, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. You know, the, the mountains and the Truth, you know, that they're going to break forth in song. It's kind of this sending mentality. You know, Romans talks about you know how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. You know, and kind of this whole thing of how will people know unless people tell them. So again, I, I just think Christians over time have have again used scripture as well. There's power in the word, which there is, but it's not just about quoting it at people. It's like just don't quote it at me. You know, you got to mm-hmm. express and then express why it's important yeah but do it in a personal way not in this you know theological let me talk down to you right you know it's this is significant because this is what it means to me personally this is how it shapes me and that kind of stuff so yeah i think that that makes sense you know as we're evangelizing and sharing faith with people you know i go back to shauna's context you know or ours on a sunday morning um and you know we we start from this position of, of presupposing that the Bible is accurate, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and we should, right? That's who we are. That's what we do. We don't apologize for it. But, you know, there are two, there's two issues. One is people show up that don't have the same presupposition. Right. Um, and two, um, there are other churches around that to somebody who doesn't go to church, um, Church is the place where you go find out about God, and all churches have equal authority if I don't know better. And I go to one place, and I'm checking it out, and and they have a a lighter view of the Bible, that it's good information, um, it's good ideas, but it's not God-inspired. Um, and another place says, no, 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 every word is the, is the absolute word of God. And so they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, you know, their, their, their presuppositions are, are completely different. And so I think it's right that we start from this idea, look, this is what we believe. We don't apologize for it and we're jumping right in. Mm-hmm. But when somebody asks the question like, oh, time out, like, how do you know? Right. You know, that, that's a hard thing to put your finger on. And so, um, I think David, your, your thought about, well, you know, it starts with, you know what? Well, the Jesus of this Bible has completely transformed my life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, so I'll tell you how it's changed me and then I can tell you why I think it's right. I mean, I think that's a great place to start, uh, that we do forget an awful lot. So, but, but I, there are so many things in scripture, but I always point to, to Daniel, um, just because Daniel is ready made for this apologetic, right? Like, uh, because Daniel is so accurate in what it predicts to be true for the coming world powers um, after 
Babylon, <laughs> after Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, you know, it predicts, you know, that the Medes and Persians will rise to power and how they'll take over. And then it predicts what will happen with Greece and the speed that they will conquer the world. And then what will happen when the great general, which we know as Alexander the Great, dies, how it will be broken into four equal parts that will never reach the full glory. Um, you know, we look at that. Why would, would Daniel ever predict something like that? But then it happens exactly like that to avoid civil war. They just split the kingdom into four, um, four generals. And um, then there's all of these intertestamental things that Daniel talks about. And, and it was so accurate that, you know, scholars argument, you know, in this enlightenment age was uh, against the Bible was Daniel is so accurate that it wasn't written by Daniel and it wasn't written during that time period. It was written later. It had to have been written later and it had to have been written later because there's no way Daniel could have known um, unless God told him and God's not real. So it had to be written in the second century. Uh, but then, you know, in the 50s, you know, we, we get these Dead Sea Scrolls and we find out that no, Daniel is actually dated, you know, before Christ, we, we have, we have evidence that Daniel was written before then. And, and so it's like, you know, right there is just this great picture of like, who, who knows that stuff? I mean, it's not a matter of, of Daniel picked 200 things and five of them came to be, you know, but everything he said, with the exception of the things that have to do with the last days, um, has come to pass. So I think there, there are just those evidences that we can keep pointing to. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and, and you look at archaeology, like there has never been an archaeological discovery that's disproved the Bible. Um, you know, there are even obscure things, um, you know, that bit places, bit characters in scripture as you read through um, that, that aren't all that in, impressive. Like, you know, don't play a huge role in scripture, but we see their lives, you know, in the archaeological evidence that no, they lived and, and this is where they were and this is the time frame. And it just gives us some peace knowing that it's never been shown to be wrong. Um, it's never been inaccurate. And um, it, it makes a lot of predictions that have come true. And so we can start to know and, and believe what we have. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's maybe a good segue into uh, some of the questions we've gotten after Sunday about um, the sovereignty of God. What were the, what? What did we get? Well, I think the, the the main question that we got on Sunday is we went through the character of God. Said, look, you know, God is personal, and you can know Him. And here are the things that we can know mm -hmm. about God. And um, there were there were some questions about God's sovereignty. You know, if if God is He's all powerful. So he can do what he wills, mm -hmm. right? And sovereignty is basically getting your way. Um, he can do what he wills, and he's all-knowing, so there's nothing he doesn't understand. He's ever-present, which means there's there's no part of the universe or world that um, or anything that's, that's unknown to him. So all of that stands to reason that God will get his way and that he does what he wants. Um, but then there are parts in Scripture, and David has preached the last couple weeks about prayer. There are parts in Scripture where um, God makes a declarative statement, like this is going to be, and then people pray or repent or whatever, and then God seems to change his mind. But the Bible tells us, 
hey, God doesn't change his mind. He's not a man that he should change his mind. And so we say, well, wait a minute. Um, God's sovereign, he gets what he wants, and he doesn't change his mind, but yet we read in Scripture that he does change his mind. And that's where some people will point to the Bible and say, oh, see, look, it's, it's not accurate. It can't sure. be. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what do we think about God changing his mind in Scripture? Yeah, David. <laughs> Why do I get it? For sure he's looking at you guys. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's a hard question in the sense of I don't think there's a – Again, it's one of those questions of us as created beings trying to define the creator and basically saying, well, it totally makes sense. I, I, I'll i answer it with this. I don't really wrestle all that much with that question because I, I view it like this. If you're coming to prayer and your, your main motivation is to change God or change God's mind, you're coming with the wrong intentions in the first place. Mm-hmm. The number one priority of prayer is to come and you be changed. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's a great question. It's just, I think it wrestling with it really like, Oh, can I change God's mind through prayer? It's just like that to me is kind of a wrong intention in the first place. It's, it's, you know, cause you even use the words, you know, um, God says this is going to happen and then people pray or repent, right? Well, then that's the point. It's, there's a changing of people that then changes God's course in what he does or how it plays out. So I I think it always comes down to the number one thing in prayer is, you know, uh, is coming before God with the attitude of I'm coming into the presence of Holy God where I am being drawn closer to God, not trying to draw God closer to the intentions that I want. Um, The number one thing with that is, is example of like praying for healing. You know, I mean, this is always a wrestle for a lot of people because, you know, you have those that, um, you know, uh, believe in divine healing. So it's kind of like this idea of you pray for it and you're going to change, you know, you're going to, you're going to motivate God to heal. Um, and it's just one of those things where, again, I believe wholeheartedly in praying in faith for healing, but at the same time, the intention is, but I'm coming into the presence of God to be conformed into the image of God, not to try to get God to conform to the image of what I think needs to happen. Um, so I, I just think that's where I kind of start with that is that's why I don't wrestle a lot with it. Like, can I change God's mind? Well, not, whatever. D- can he change me? Oh yeah. So that's the intention. So. Yeah, I, I get that. I think the question that, that we fielded on Sunday was, was less of, you know, looking at it less from how should I go to God in prayer? Can I change his mind or not? And more to, is this God even, is what the Bible says about this God even real? Because the same Bible that says he's unchangeable that same Bible tells me he changes his mind. And so it's a question of which one is it and can it be both? And if it's both, how do you reconcile that? Or are you just saying things to say that, you know, that, that um, I mean, and, and this question came from somebody who, who believes the word of God. So they're, they're just, you know, playing devil's advocate, you know, like we, we talk about sometimes asking the question, like, how do we how do we reconcile this to a non-believer who says, I'm not sure I can trust yeah, the Bible it's a, and here's why. It's a tough why. one to wrestle with, you know, for sure. Um, because the unchangeable God says to Moses, Moses, I'm going to wipe these people out. They're wicked and awful and evil. Um, Moses says, oh, God, please don't do that. And he prays for their rescue. He says, God, God, you know, think, think of your own glory. What will people think, you know, that you couldn't protect them? And so you killed them here in the wilderness. And, and so God relents and says, fine. I mean, if we're being blunt, he says, fine, kill the, kill the offenders. Everybody else, we will continue, um, to go to the promised land. And, and, and so God relents in that way and changes his mind. 
people can't see my air quotes, changes <laughs> his mind. And so I think I think the question is is not not necessarily like what's the way I can get God to do what I want, mm-hmm. but but is it true that God is unchangeable? And is it true that he changed his mind? And I, I think both of the answers to that can clearly be yes. Um, but I think we have to we have to be able to explain why that is uh, and what it means that God is unchangeable and what it means that he relented. Uh, I guess <clears throat> I guess in my thinking is talking about the unchangeableness of God, well, that's talking about God's nature. That's talking about his character. That's talking about who he is. Mm-hmm. Changing mind, changing your mind doesn't change who you are. It doesn't Ooh, change. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of, I, I well, guess as I'm hearing you say that, I feel like it's kind of a, a splitting of hairs in the sense because it, it's God doesn't change just by changing his mind. He still is who he is. His character has not changed. His, his attributes have not changed. So I guess when scripture says God is unchangeable, I don't really lump into that God's thought process you know i mean it's kind of that i I see them as two different things god can change his mind god can choose whatever path he wants to choose but it doesn't change him in nature or attribute or purpose or any of those things and it doesn't break his covenant promises right i think no i mean that's, that's that's the thing god could very easily have wiped out the israelites and started over with moses and what that costs god nothing but time which he exists outside of mm-hmm. right still that is still faithful to the co- the covenant promise that he made abraham mm-hmm. that abraham's descendants would be um this holy nation that would be norm that could have very easily started again and afresh with moses mm-hmm. uh, didn't have to continue so in that god you're right like like god changed his mind but he didn't break his promise he didn't change his character he was true to who he was um, and and all of that was just details mm-hmm. uh, of how God chose to act mm-hmm. in the moment. I mean, again, it doesn't. I mean, I change my mind all the time, but it doesn't change who I am. It yeah. doesn't change, you know, anything about me. Depending on what the choice, you know. But I'm just saying, it's a, it's. If God would have wiped out the Israelites, it doesn't change. He's still holy. He's still good. He's still. I mean, it's hard to fathom that, but it, you know, these are the things that are unchangeable right so yeah and and the fact that he didn't wipe them out i mean just amplifies his his patience and his mercy and his you know how loving he is i think i think the 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 difficulty there is to a non-christian i think we can just recognize this and we can know it and we can be prepared to answer the question to a non-Christian or to a baby Christian who doesn't understand the intricacies of God's character in Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like he lied, mm-hmm. right? Because he says, I will do this, and then he doesn't do it. Um, you know, he tells Jonah, I will wipe out Nineveh in 30 days. Like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nineveh repents, and God relents. And so it looks, if we're just reading that, it looks like God can be kind of fickle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we feel overly confident placing our eternal salvation <laughs> um, and trusting, you know, when things get difficult in, in a fickle God. And so um, I think, you know, part of it is is being able to explain and understand. I don't know. God's, God's not changing his mind and breaking his covenant promises and being different than he says he is, um, you know. God is is showing us who he is in his character and he's showing mercy and he's showing grace and um 
but his character doesn't change. He, he is who he is. He will never break, you know, his covenant promises. Um, and, you know, even you go back to Jonah and Nineveh. I mean, when God said to Jonah, hey, this is going to happen, you know, I'm going to destroy them. Jonah already knew that if they repented, that God would relent. Right. So he and he wasn't looking at that going, oh, well, God, you're going to change your mind. You know, he was looking at that going, God, here's mm -hmm. what's going to happen. They're going to get scared and, and they're going to repent and they're going to apologize to you and they're going to try to live different. And you, because you're who you are, are going to show them grace and mercy mm -hmm. and I hate them and I don't like it. And so he tried to refuse the assignment, probably thinking if I don't go tell them they can't repent, God will just have to destroy them. Mm -hmm. um, and and of course, that didn't work for him. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I don't think that that... Jonah ever thought, oh man, God was fickle. He changed his mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, he understood that God could yeah. be God and who he is and still navigate that however he chose to. It reminds me of um, Abraham pleading for anyone righteous in Sodom <laughs> and like. Sodom and Moria. Yeah, yeah. And. I don't know, kind of same idea. I kind of feel like we're teetering a little bit on like the predestination too with all of this. So you did want to go there. <laughs> uh, what, I mean, how long have we been doing this podcast? Because I'm not sure we've got time for that. But you know what I mean? Like, so tune in next time when we debate Arminianism like and Calvinism. That, that's kind of this next layer to all of this. I, I, well, or, or even praying for... Let, let's let's take it away from predestination for a second. <laughs> David's just like, oh boy. Let's, let's take it away from predestination and just talk about this idea. We know and we encourage, and the Bible encourages people to pray for others salvation right we know that it takes somebody's freedom of will whether whether you're a predestination election or or not however we know that it takes someone in their freedom of will coming to Jesus and surrendering their life to him and being born again to be a Christian like they have they have to do that right God isn't going to compel them to do that right but then we're also told we should pray for them and that the prayers of a righteous man are effective and impactful and make a difference. Um, and so there is, there, there does feel like this healthy tension between all of these things. Like, like God is sovereign and in control, but yet he chooses, he chooses to respond to our prayerfulness and our actions um, in a way that doesn't make human sense, right? But we know from scripture, no matter where we land theologically on those things, that, that it's true. He responds to prayer. He responds to our actions. And so we should pray, we should act, but we should never assume that God is fickle because of it. Do we have any other questions? Those were the big ones that we had okay. from Sunday. But I mean, it's, there's encouragement. If people do have questions as we walk through this series, either things that we've discussed that they don't get or, um, you know, going deeper questions that they wish they should ask, email the church, drop a note off on Sunday morning, anything, because we'd love to dig deeper in, in whatever questions they've got. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything that we left out that you wanted to cover? Uh, no, I would just say there's a lot of people. <laughs> no, that, but yes. No, I, <laughs> there's nothing we left out that I want to cover, but I do want to say this in addition, nothing to do with our podcast. Okay. There are a lot of people that need to be prayed for. Yeah. Um, I think we, we covered a long list on Sunday that was not nearly complete. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so there are just people that need to be prayed for. And, and, you know, again, thinking about 
David's sermons the last couple of weeks uh, before we launched this new series, like prayer matters mm. um, and, mm-hmm. and it's effective and it does yeah. influence the way God seems to deal with the world and he is pleased to answer the prayers of his people. Mm-hmm. And um, so let's, I, I just want to encourage folks to take that seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>